Welcome to the Health Leaders Revenue Cycle podcast sponsored by Visient. I'm Alexandra Pecci, Revenue Cycle Editor for Health Leaders. Joining me today is Brianna Motley, Principal of Intelligence for SG2, a Visient company. We'll be talking about considerations for optimizing your ambulatory strategy for 2021 and beyond. Brianna is an experienced strategist who's responsible for driving thought leadership and content development for SG2 and Visient members on topics that span the system of care, including ambulatory strategy, service distribution, post-acute care, and digital health. Prior to her current role, Brianna served as a lead on SG2's consulting team, developing innovative and structured planning approaches for hospitals, health systems, and academic medical centers. With over 10 years of experience in the healthcare industry, Brianna has collaborated with clients to develop numerous strategic plans in the areas of enterprise strategy, facility needs, and service line growth. Brianna, welcome and thank you very much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. So first, a big picture question for you. What trends are you seeing as procedures shift to the outpatient and ambulatory space? There are so many trends. Um, This is a really, really exciting time to be focused on the ambulatory space. Um, We know that the shift to outpatient and to ambulatory procedural sites has been occurring really over the last several years. And this is something that we anticipate we'll continue to see as we look toward the future. We also recognize, though, that there is variability by specialty, um, by procedure, and how quickly uh, procedures will continue to move into the ambulatory setting. And that will also be spread across hospital outpatient uh, departments, across ambulatory surgery centers, and across physician offices. Uh, Some procedures and specialties um, have moved at a much quicker pace into the ambulatory setting, like ENT, ophthalmology, gastroenterology, and to a certain extent, orthopedics as well. Despite that variability, though, at a macro level, this is a trend that, that we believe will continue to accelerate as a result of payer pressure. We saw CMS recently eliminate the inpatient only list. Um, advances in technology and consumer uh, changing consumer expectations, especially post-pandemic, will continue to drive the shift as well. And so we really see this as being accelerated as we look out over the next decade um, and, and not really slowing down or, or moving back. But it's also important to, to really keep in mind the market level factors that influence these, the trends as well. Um, we do see variability from market to market in terms of how quickly this is moving in terms of, um, you know, specifically what specialties, what procedures are moving. Um, and some of the factors that, that do influence that are physician employment and alignment, you know, what that looks like in your market, the competitive landscape, um, and the presence of independent ASC operators. We've also seen really significant investment from the private equity space uh, in ambulatory surgery centers and in alternative sites of care uh, in recent years. So those are things to to really watch out for within your market that that do impact the trends, um, local payer dynamics, patient preferences and and characteristics, as well as market growth. Um, And then the last thing, maybe uh, we're also seeing many hospitals shifting volume into the hospital outpatient department space. Uh, But in many markets, there's still some reluctance uh, to shift to the ambulatory surgical center setting. Um, And and that's something that we've seen in the data and we believe will uh, continue to occur but it's imperative to really understand and kind of distinguish um, the procedural shift between those three different sites, hospital outpatient, uh, ambulatory surgery, and physician office clinic. 
What trade-offs or factors are organizations continuing to wrestle with as the shift is taking place? Yeah, it, it's a really complex, uh, complex shuffle. And, and the factor that's probably top of mind for many organizations is revenue and overall bottom line. The ASC is a lower cost care setting, but also a lower uh, reimbursement care setting. And prematurely moving procedures to that side of care in particular um, can result to a hit in the bottom line that needs to be appropriately planned and prepared for. So if you're operating over capacity, uh, in your inpatient or hospital outpatient department care setting, then the argument is a bit easier to make and in terms of the opportunity for backfill of other uh, inpatient procedures to help offset some of that revenue loss. But there's still a, a pacing and timing factor that really needs to be taken into consideration and, and planned for at the overarching system of care level. There are also factors to consider within your physician platform, um, whether your incentives are appropriately aligned uh, to support a procedure shift to the ASC setting. Um, and then, you know, another really interesting kind of factor that um, has come up a lot more recently as we've been doing uh, work with organizations is the evalu evaluation of patient appropriateness. Um, this also has to take place at the local market level and, and really kind of at the organizational level. If your patient population is higher acuity, um, you know, is more complex, then there's more to consider and plan for in terms of the ambulatory sites that really are going to be most appropriate for your patient population. Uh, but on the opposite side, consumer preferences for access, for convenience, um, for uh, uh, good experiences, especially after the past year, might place um, increased competitive pressure on, on certain volumes. And so, you know, that's another factor um, really to consider and, and that we see organizations wrestling with is, are we providing the opportunity to, to really have that um, experience based on what the consumer preferences are um, in our local market? Uh, so really understanding those at a deeper level um, for your patients in particular um, is another factor uh, uh, to consider and, and places emphasis in terms of which direction you take and which sites of care you prioritize. How are volumes shifting across systems of care? Great. So <laughs> to bring it up a level, um, we're seeing, you know, as, as we kind of zoom out and, and look at the system of care as a whole, um, we're continuing along that trend of really seeing an accelerated shift across sites of care. Um, but this has particular impact in the ambulatory setting. Um, and it's, it's, it's so interesting right now because one of the things that we're thinking about um, is what is sort of a new definition of ambulatory? Um, there are a couple of different, you know, specific shifts, um, that volume shifts that we're paying attention to. Um, so the surgical shuffle that, that we kind of just talked about um, across sites is, is just one of those shifts, um, you know, kind of shuffling between um, hospital outpatient departments, ASC, um, and physician offices. But we're also seeing a lot of movement in the lower acuity ambulatory setting, um, really stemming from the rapid adoption of virtual business in the midst of the pandemic last year. Uh, while we saw a proportion of, of visits delivered virtually, um, uh, you know, at high levels, really in the early stages of the pandemic, we've seen that kind of dial back a little bit. Um, and here again, there's variability um, by service line and, and really by organization that we see here um, uh, in terms of kind of what is shifting to that virtual setting. But that said, I think overall, um, we're still projecting a pretty decent shift uh, for virtual E&M visits as we look out over the next decade. 
Um, at FGT, we think, you know, just shy of 30% of all evaluation and management visits will be performed virtually. And so kind of care shifting into that virtual setting um, is one of the, the volume shifts that we're seeing and we're anticipating. Um, the other one, though, um, you know, that growth and shift in volumes is not really just grounded in virtual visits. Um, because of so many of the advances in technology, uh, in digital infrastructure, innovation and, and capabilities like remote monitoring, um, we also see a shift toward what we traditionally considered to be post-acute care, moving towards uh, care being delivered in the home. Um, with uh, certain advances in things like home diagnostics, home infusions, uh, physical therapy, um, and more recently, uh, hospital at home services in particular, you know, this really elevates the level of care that can be delivered in the home setting. Um, and that's, you know, really taking the place of volumes that are shifting out of the hospital, out of the hospital outpatient department, and um, out of post-acute care settings. There's been a lot of reticence uh, as a result of the pandemic among families um, to place their uh, family members, their loved ones in some of those post-acute care settings. So we see that care shifting into the home. Um, and then a third side of care shift that I know is really top of mind for a lot of our members uh, and is important to call out um, is the, the side of care shift um, from ED. Uh, so we have many questions about when ED volumes are, are going to return to normal um, because many are still experiencing adult volumes that are sharply down in comparison to pre-pandemic levels. And much of that volume has shifted out. We actually don't think that the urgent ED visits, so that lower acuity ED volume, uh, is going to return. And this is a trend that we started to see um, actually pre-pandemic, if it dates back to, um, around 2017. But looking forward, um, you know, those volumes also have shifted to the virtual setting, to the urgent care setting, and we don't see that um, really coming back either. Would you say it's time to reevaluate the overall strategy for systems of care to optimize patient care now and in the future, especially considering that post-pandemic landscape? I would say that um, absolutely. <laughs> the timing couldn't be more perfect. Um, what all of these side of care shifts uh, that, that we just talked through, what they really point to is, is more care continuing to take place in the ambulatory setting. Um, above and beyond that shift to outpatient that, that we've been traditionally talking about and, and projecting for a number of years. Um, because of all the innovation that, that has taken place over the past year and, and you know, consumers that have been exposed to the opportunity um, to use digital technology more frequently um, uh, as they're seeking healthcare, uh, and the new models of, of care that have been put in place, uh, some of the traditional boundaries in, in terms of where uh, care is delivered have been changed. And so reevaluating your system of care strategy and in particular your ambulatory strategy um, to make sure that your configuration of assets really matches your strategic identity, who you are as an organization, uh, what your vision is for the future. That is so critical uh, to ensure you're prioritizing development in the right care setting and also being very prudent with, with capital. Um, in the past, we've seen so many systems buying up urgent care practices, physician practices, um, but as we look toward the future, really taking stock of how well um, each of those ambulatory assets is performing, uh, how well optimized are those types of care, how well are they performing from a, a cost and revenue standpoint, um, that's going to be so critical to truly optimize the care that's delivered across the system 
and really ensure that it's being delivered efficiently. Um, you know, your network really has to effectively serve your strategic goals. Um, and we also have um, uh, to emphasize, you know, with the shift to, to digital and, and virtual health that we just talked about, you know, how are you building out the infrastructure and the sites of care that, that you've prioritized? Um, do those align with your strategy? And um, are you taking as asset light an approach as you can, given some of these new consumer expectations? Um, I think one really good example that, that we kind of um, experienced lately is, you know, when you're considering entering a, a new market, which we know a lot of organizations are, are considering as they continue to look for growth, um, is uh, urgent care, bricks and mortar urgent care, a strategy that is going to serve you well, or should you consider something like a virtual urgent care, because um, that'll serve you better uh, than standing up those bricks and mortar facilities, and it also provides an opportunity to um, potentially differentiate, um, you know, to activate and engage patients and, and consumers in a differentiated manner. Um, so how do you think about that and, and really evaluate how you can be asset light uh, moving forward? And what's that appropriate balance of physical and, and virtual assets? Um, the time has never been more right to, to really reevaluate that. Finally, what are three tenets or critical success factors for ambulatory strategy for 2021 and beyond? That's a great question. One that we've been thinking a lot about um, because I think, you know, when we tend to talk about ambulatory strategy, um, the, <laughs> the frequent response is it's so big, right? It, it covers so much. Um, and so we we tried to kind of characterize it or, or draw a framework around, um, you know, what does it look like to be successful? Um, what are the, the factors that you should be considering? And we've come up with three. Um, ensuring that you're taking an integrated approach, ensuring that you are uh, consumer focused uh, in your, your strategy, um, and then ensuring that, that you're prioritizing the appropriate services. Um, with an integrated approach, what we're really talking about is organizational alignment, um, thinking about how well aligned you are um, and, and your strategic objectives are uh, with your ambulatory strategy. Um, and then your physicians as well. Are your physicians online aligned and on board um, with your planning process? Um, we know that physicians are critical uh, to successful implementation, so making sure that they're really bought into the strategy um, is, is critically important. Um, and then we're also emphasizing um, within that integrated approach, the role of, of data and analytics. Uh, how seamless um, you know, is your EMR accessed across ambulatory care settings um, to help support improved patient care? Um, how much access do you have to real-time data uh, that allows you to be nimble in, in terms of how you're deploying your resources? Um, and you know, especially with ambulatory, are you starting to move into that predictive space to be able to anticipate patient needs um, and proactively provide care uh, for patients. Um, the second factor though uh, is a consumer focused approach and, and here what's really important to consider uh, are access, convenience. Access uh, is really how accessible your care is, you know, your care sites in terms of um, if they're physical, where they're located, um, if they're digital, you know, are they all kind of well connected, well integrated? Um, is it easy to find your providers? Um, and then with convenience, you know, do you make it easy to schedule um, and, and do you make it easy for patients to, to navigate your system um, or are things really, really fragmented? 
And then finally, appropriate services. And, and here's where we're really thinking about um, optimizing capacity as we've kind of been talking about um, across sites, both in terms of utilization, but also in terms of physician bandwidth. And I think a lot of the advances in technology that we've seen provide the opportunity um, uh, to really, you know, make sure that you're utilizing physicians in an optimized manner, um, uh, especially as um, kind of we bring together some of those virtual and, and digital um, care settings with some of the, the physical in-person care that's being delivered. Um, but also, are you differentiating your services? Are you taking advantage of your strengths? And are you kind of matching what you're prioritizing in the ambulatory setting uh, to where the market is going to experience growth? Um, uh, you know, what is appropriate to be able to deliver um, for consumers based on the demand that, that we'll all expect to see over the next decade. So a lot to consider, but, you know, those are just three um, of the factors that we think really brings everything together in this um, really big space of ambulatory. Brianna, thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you, Alex. I, I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you once again to Vizient for sponsoring this episode, and thanks also to our listeners for joining us. Until next time, keep taking care of patients and each other.